What if I told you those scattered Google notes, draft social posts, and notebooks filled with unshared stories could be a fast pass to a more fulfilling life waiting for you, but only if you publish them. Learning to just press publish changed my life for the better as a woman, mom, and writer. Now I wanna create the same transformation for you. I'm your host, Erin Galloway, multi-passionate author and ally for storytellers. I started Habitize Publishing to support storytellers, including kids, CEOs, senior citizens, and now you, to share your voices and spark more joy than you ever thought was possible. I hope after today's episode, you'll publish one piece you've been holding back on and see where the journey takes you. Well, welcome, friends, to another episode of the Press Publish Podcast. Now, this episode is going to air right before Halloween season, so it was perfect that someone who we've worked with that's written a story with one of their kiddos about a Halloween character popped up on this podcast episode, and we could chat about why Halloween is special in her particular family and why writing stories with her children is part of her inspiration for diving into self-publishing and serving as an author. So Melanie, welcome to today's episode. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So now you have produced uh, and published a couple of books now. So tell us about how you even got started on your author journey and the difference between publishing your first book and your second book. So Marty is actually my third book. My first book is Candy Town. And I published that with my oldest son, who is now 10. His name is Parker. And when Parker was four or five, he wanted a bedtime story. So he asked me to tell it. I go to get a book off the shelf. And he's like, no, mom, I want you to read me or to make up a bedtime story for me. So I said, okay, so over the next couple weeks and months, every night we would add to this story. And I was like, this would be a great thing to give him as a gift. So I actually reached out to Justin Dunn, who's friends with my brother and said, Hey, Justin, I need you to illustrate this story for Parker. So he gets it all done for me. It was in a really raw format. It hadn't been edited. Nothing had gone into this story, but when Parker was in second grade, so a few years later, he wanted to take the story in for star student time. So he took it in and all of his friends started asking how they could purchase the story. And so I was talking to my husband, I was like, I wonder if we could actually like publish this thing. I had zero idea what went into publishing, but I had just been on a author like campaign with a friend of mine. And so I reached out to her and I said, how did you get your first story published? Like, what did you do? So she gave me the name of her publisher I reached out to them. They wanted the manuscript. I sent it to them. And they're like, yes, we would love to publish this. Well, I've got four kids, which means that Candy Town has to be a series of four. So my second son, we had kind of started doing the same thing with him with the bedtime stories, but he was only like two or three at the time. So it kind of was put on the back burner. But I remember the story just because it was very unique to all of the things that he loved when he was at that age. So once we got Candy Town rolled out, I went back and I wrote down all the things that he had had in what we later called Giant Town. 
the stories at the beginning didn't connect, but I thought that a series was going to work better than a single story. So I connected the two stories, but kept it true to what his little three, four-year-old brain had in mind for the story. So then we got both of those published. Um, they were doing really well. We started doing author visits. And as I was doing these author visits, I would read these stories that they're like 32, 33 pages long, but there's a lot of words on them because my children, like myself, are very wordy. So we had lots of stuff that went into these books. Um, and so as I'm reading the stories, I started reading them to my now five-year-old and my two-year-old. And I was like, I need something that's a little bit smaller, something that's shorter, that's really quick and easy to read. And kind of what gave me the idea for Marty, the ghost on the ceiling, was the elf on the shelf, right? And my husband and I were joking. I remember we were walking around at a local, local shopping center and it was around Halloween. And I was like, oh my gosh, we need to have like a vampire or a witch or something. And I was like, no, a ghost on a ceiling because the ghost would come down. And he's like, you should totally do that. That could, you know, kick off and do something for you. And I was like, but I want it to be something that's good for a toddler or a five-year-old, something that's in that, that range. You know, I've been reading stories to my kids for 10 years now, and you want something that's quick and easy to read. And I came up with um, Marty, the ghost on the ceiling. And I just am in love with this character. And then I reached out to Justin and he was like, I'll illustrate it for you. So that's kind of where Marty came to life. But as having kids who are going through like preschool and kindergarten, I wanted something that they could like learn. So I was thinking of all the things that they're learning at that time. So they're learning to count and they're doing holiday parties at school. And so something that would be really useful for them, but then also is going to be useful for a teacher in a classroom. And uh, thank you for correcting me. You are exactly right. I should have uh, I should have been correct that I knew that you did two series. All right. And so, you know, you were so creative and so great when you approached us about helping with publish because publish your second series because you already had both experience in writing, experience in publishing, experience in author visits. So by the time you started exploring this second series, you had a pretty clear vision in mind, right? This was not where you were approaching us saying, this is my first idea. I don't really know which path to take. It was more like, I know what path I'm going to take. Please come along the journey with us, right? Like make you us make your vision happen. Um, and that made it really fun for us because there wasn't a question in mind about what Marty looked like or what the story was you had a really clear vision. And as you said, you also thought about from the very beginning, putting together materials for an activity book to align with Marty. And why else for you, other than mentioning, you know, helping with teachers, why else for you did it seem like, let's just produce a book and an activity book at about the same time? I just loved the idea of having the two that go together. Like I said, with young kids, you want them to have something that can keep them busy, but also they're learning. And my older boys, some of the stuff that we put into the activity book are stuff that they kind of struggled with. Handwriting for my oldest. I still, I mean, he's 10 now and I still struggle with handwriting. So like just the tracing that's in the activity book has been amazing to just kind of help them. And with them going through the preschool programs, um, my two-year-old and my five-year-old already want to do the books. They're wanting to count. They have access to do all of this stuff. 
but it's not work to them. It's just something fun that they can do. And I just love the idea of them having those coincide together. And I'll even have now that, you know, Marty's out there in the world, I have people who will just buy the activity book. And then once they've kind of gone through it, they're like, oh, I kind of want to read the story for it. Or they might have an older kid who is struggling and Marty might be for a younger age group. So they're like, oh, that might not be great for him. But the other book is because they can still like get that character and have the fun with it. And so how is it for you, right? The first two got to experience the publishing of a book. How is it for you in publishing Marty and that arriving in your house? And how did your family react to seeing, oh, we have a next book um, that's coming out from our family? Well, first off, my daughter is wondering where her book is in the series. And I'm like, you're just now five. We're not quite there yet. Like, I, I promise you, you'll get your own book. And so Marty was kind of like a step back, but they all love the book and they love just like being able to kind of take it around and read the story. And Beckett, my youngest, he asked for the book in his like little Tira, Tira voice, but he wants to read it. And he has zero idea that I wrote this book. Like it doesn't even, there's no comprehension that I wrote it. But my daughter, who it's great for her too at five, she's really proud of it. And she went to kindergarten this year. So she gets to take a copy to her class. And even though it's not her series yet, it's still something that she is kind of going to own it thinking it's hers because it was the next one that came out. So it's just really fun to see how excited they get about these books that they claim is their own, even though I'm the one that <laughs> wrote this one. <laughs> and that's what can be the fun in publishing with kids is that they do feel a part of the process, especially I know that's important to you, is that they get to feel like they were part of it. It's a physical, tangible product that they can touch. And then how else do you at least either actually involve them when it comes to author visits or book signings or events, or how else do you incorporate your kiddos into your author journey and the publishing process? Well, especially with Candy Town, to go back a little bit, when I gave that book to Justin to illustrate, I remember him telling me, or maybe even my brother, like, this is the most bizarre book I think I've ever read. Because at the time, he had zero idea that all of these concepts in it were from a five-year-old's brain. And so I had to fine-tune it a little bit, but every, like, aspect of those two books came from their imagination. And then I just made it work that they were tied together and kind of made it come alive a little bit more and made it make a little bit more sense to what they like had in their vision. But the fact that when they grow up, they're always going to have these books that have their name on it. And as they're getting older and into elementary school, so um, Mason, who is the author of Giant Town, and then Parker, who's the author of Candy Town, are in third and fifth grade. And so we're actually getting ready to do an author visit next week at their school. And I asked the teacher, I said, is it okay if Parker comes and joins our visit? So this is my biggest part of bringing them in after the fact is I said, is it okay if he comes down? And they're like, yes, we would love for him to come down. But I always wonder like, okay, this book's a little bit young for him now, right? He's 10, like it's still long. So it, and it's got some harder words in it so they can still read it, but it's kind of immature for a 10 year old because they're cool now. They're almost teens. Um, but he was so excited. He goes, yeah, mom, I'll miss my lunch. I'll miss recess. I want to come down and do the author visit. And Nathan's so excited to be in there and like talk about his book. And the funny thing about it is most people don't know about me, but I am an introverted extrovert. So I am the most outgoing person when it's like one-on-one -on -one or a small group, but you get me in front of a big group and I freeze up inside and I talk faster than I normally do. And I have all of those, you know, 
self-confidence issues that are going on. Well, I see those with my kids sometimes. So my my hope for them is that my by me bringing them in front of their peers, because it's easier for me because I'm talking to kids, but bringing them in front of their peers, that maybe that'll help them overcome some of those things that I think all kids go through. And so I don't ever make them talk in front of their peers if they don't want to. But as their friends start asking them certain questions about the book, like, how did you come up with that idea? And what was this or what was that? They start to answer them because they're being directed at the questions. And then we've done a few like carnivals. There was a literacy carnival we did last spring that we went to. And not a lot of books were sold, which is okay. Because when I got into this, it wasn't about selling books. It was about giving that gift to my kids. But like one or two did. And then we had people that went on Amazon to go purchase the books after the fact. And they were so excited. And Mason was like, well, why didn't they buy my book? Why did they only buy Parker's book? And I was like, well, buddy, his is the first one in the series. So once they read it, then they'll be able to go online and buy yours. And it's just really sweet to see them like be so excited about it and, you know, take pride and just an idea that we had, you know, when they were little kids. And I do sometimes have to remind them, you guys were only, you know, three and five when you started these books and these really were your ideas. Like this wasn't me that came up with this concept because they kind of forgot because they were so little when the process started. And then I show them all of my materials that either I create or I recreate and kind of let them in on that. And, you know, we reread the books. And I, as we started with Marty, I would read the books to them and be like, hey, what did you guys think of this? Did you like it? Did you not like it? We went through like the activity books. I was like, do you think it would be fun? So I kind of try to bring them into that process so they can see what it's like to publish a book and the different decisions that go into it if you're not doing it all yourself. Sure. And, you know, you were very, I'll say kind and intentional, right? In providing, especially when it came to the activity book, right? To be able to say like, I would like to have these types of activities. Or I remember, I think we presented a couple of different ideas. And while they may have been, you know, familiar activities, sometimes the activities don't really align with the ultimate goal of the book. So, you know, we talked about mazes, we talked about, you know, word searches, but part of what you were hoping for was something that, again, helped with handwriting and reading, right? So really determining activities that kids could do that weren't just for filling time activities, they were intentionally engaged in learning. The graphics and the topics just happened to be about Halloween. Yeah. We're big on um, holidays in our family. And so kind of the the plan down the road is to have a holiday party themed book that they're not all going to be Marty and the ghost on the ceiling, but like each of the big holidays have a book that has either one, two, threes or ABCs or stuff that the kids are learning about. But then it also has that like fun party aspect of it. And so that's like my long-term goal with it that I hope that I can do and then having these activity books that kind of go along with it, which I think, I mean, obviously it's been a long time since I've been in school, but thinking back to like all the different parties you have when you're in school, they kind of cover all of it. And having something like this, like this little tool that can go with it, I just, I'm really excited to see if that kind of comes to fruition down the road. And so how was the self-publishing process for you, right? You were doing part of the work, us as publishing partners, we're doing part of the work. What was it about the self-publishing process with Marty the Ghost that you really enjoyed being involved in? And then was there anything that surprised you that you're like, 
Wow, I thought this would be harder, but actually I could like take the lead on this piece because I have some background and experience in publishing. Yeah, I felt like I got to have more of an input in it where when I did, and it was still like a partnership publishing that I did before. So I still had a say in everything, but it was more like I'd give it to them and then I'd wait a really long time. And then like they'd send it back to me and get approval where with you guys, it was just kind of back and forth. Like every day I could be like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. And then I could jump on a call and like, just you guys being more local and like having those, you know, familiar connections made it just such a more personable experience for me. And so I did have like the background of knowing kind of what they were going to, what my previous publisher did. So like the materials that they gave for marketing and stuff like that. So I had an idea, but learning more of how to do it all myself, because I'm like, the first time I'm like, okay, hold my hand a little bit. And then the second time I'm like, okay, you don't have to hold my hand as much. And so it just was really good to be more involved in it and be able to just kind of go out there and do it myself. But then if I'm like, oh gosh, I screwed this up and kind of come back to you guys like, oh wait, you did this wrong. Let me just go in and fix it for you. That was like, great. Cause I'm like, okay, now I know what I did wrong and I know how to learn from it. So it just kind of gave me more well-rounded in the whole author publishing business. Now I'm not saying that I'm ever leaving you guys. <laughs> Because I want that handholding sometimes and I want to have that, you know, partnership that you provide. Um, and there's just some of this stuff like this activity book would not have come to fruition without you guys. You guys just made it all come together, which was amazing to see that because that was probably one of my favorite parts about it is having that additional piece that I could kind of market with with the book. Well, we loved creating it with you. That, as my background in education and giving my assistant Lauren, right, a chance to like really take the lead. You trusted us. You gave her the freedom to put ideas out there. But what was really admirable on your side is that we watched how you would just try things. Like you, you know, at least from our perspective, you would say like, hey, I just, I learned how to build a website and I'm going to put it out there hey, I want to put some PDFs of my activity book on the internet. I'm going to go try it. Like you were willing to, as you said, try ideas. And if they didn't quite work out how you in your mind wanted them to is when we would touch base again and be like, hey, all right, I'm not going to, you weren't asking me to do it for you. You were just saying, how could I make it better? And sometimes we knew those answers right away, but you were not scared to say like my website, could have improvement, but I'm going to put it out. I'm going to create a flyer and see how it works. And so what for you led you to just say like, I'm going to go do it and then I'll adjust as I need to. That probably just stems from my background. So I'm an executive admin in my real working life. And so that's kind of what my job is. I just have to kind of run with things. So my boss and my team will say, Hey, we need A, B or C. And if I don't know how to do it, I got to figure it out. So when you guys gave me all of these different ideas of things that I could do and add to it to make better, I was like, oh, okay, let me go see if I can figure it out. Because if I can't, I know I have somebody to fall back on and it's not going to hurt me at all to, to learn something new. And I love the creative aspect of some of this stuff. So even if I screwed up or if it doesn't work out the way that I want it to, I at least put it out there and then I kind of get that start of how to do it so that somebody else can come and help me make it better. So I just, sometimes jump in and figure it out. And I'm like, oh, nope, that's not going to work for me. And that's when I pass it back to you and say, okay, can you fix it? I tried, I failed. But 
always loved, yeah, I always loved that you tried, you know, you and I had brainstormed a handful of different ideas on where to, you know, do some creative marketing, right? Not everybody is going to initially think to buy an, an entire activity book. So you could use some of the activity pages as either a free download over or over on Teachers Pay Teachers, right? People could have a couple of them. And so you really said, again, like you would put it out on the internet and sometimes that would be the way I would find something that you did. And then I'd be like, oh, let me go see what she tried to do. And then I'd go like down my little rabbit hole and check and see it. And then I would privately message you and just be like, hey, you could try this one little tweak. And then you'd go try the little tweak, right? And you just you have like this fire and commitment within you, as you said, both probably as being an executive assistant and being a determined mom, using your resources wisely that you're like, no, I'm just going to try. Um, and we loved that about working with you. Maybe a little bit of impatience and that's not on anybody else's, but I tend to just like go, go, go. And that's, that's probably like while it is a good part of my personality, there's probably times when it's not because I'm like, oh, I got to slow down and kind of rethink it to make sure that it's, you know, the way that I want it to be. But with some of these things when I was trying, I knew that for the teachers pay teachers, for example, when I put it out there, probably not even getting looked at just yet, right? I haven't marketed that the way that I'm supposed to. So putting it out there and then finding out after the fact that like, hey, this could be better. I have plenty of time to go back and fix it. So having you guys behind me to be like, hey, do it this way instead. And then I had to learn a whole new PDF writer and how to get just certain pages pulled out, which I'm like, oh, I did not do this before. So it gave me, and th those are also skills that I take into my job now that I'm like, oh, I probably should have already known how to do this. And now I do. <laughs> so this is a little bit of a leading question because on the internet, I've definitely seen you play around with some other ideas, but what for you are maybe some other activities or educational materials or toys are you thinking about incorporating into either the series of Marty the Ghost or just maybe incorporating into events and activities to bring Marty to life as part of the kid experience? So I, again, this goes back to being a mom and my kids like stuff. I mean, like, and it, which is funny because my husband hates stuff. And so he's like, stop bringing so much stuff home. But when, and I follow a lot of different author groups um, on social media and just to kind of see different ideas that other authors are doing. And the ideas of stuffed animals are a little like stuffies, as my kids call them. When you're doing these books like the Marty books and my ideas that I have for future party themed ABCs, one, two, threes, having a character that people can actually like purchase with it. With those, what I find is that a lot of it, they're made overseas. You have to buy a ridiculous amount of them or they're really expensive. And so that's it. But it's always been something that I would love to come up with. And I did have my mom sew. So I had her make me like a little Marty and my in-laws have a farm and they do like a farmer's market. So they carry my books now and they have a Marty that sits on their shelf with the books that they're selling there. So I'm not gonna ask my mom to make hundreds of Martys. <laughs> I said, have something like that would be great. And then just like, I, I try to think of things like when I'm doing Candy Town and Giant Town, because they're both about like candy coming to life. I always want to like give away suckers with them or like I would love to give away stickers or, you know, just little trinkets that kids could 
take with them, even if they're not buying the book, something that they're going to remember the book by. And, you know, so many people want to just buy things on Amazon or go shopping online. Well, they're like, oh, wait, this was with a book. So having things that are going to make them think back to the books that they saw that might make them buy it later if they're not going to buy it right then. Well, again, the, the having Marty made by your mom, right, is like another way in which, again, you, you see the potential for the bigger vision, the fancier production process, but you don't let that stop you to say like, okay, well, what's the first version I can make, right? What can I learn from trying this first one? And again, I think just you have that pattern of tenacity to say, like, if I really want to share this book and I'm really committed to not just the sales, but showing our kids, like, here's where the story goes and this is how it's impacted other families, you have to keep trying ideas and you have to keep putting yourself out there because we know so many authors who have great books that they haven't quite got themselves to the headspace to just keep going, keep trying, keep putting yourself at events. Um, and so, you know, you just keep showing up over and over again, which is always inspiring to those that are in our circle, at least. Yeah. My husband always says that I'm on the internet too much, especially like Facebook and Instagram. And I was like, well, at least I found something good for, you know, for those platforms now. So I have a reason to be on there, but it is like, like I said before, when I started this author journey and it stems back from, you know, when I was my oldest age, I was 10 and I can remember like doing some kind of writing workshop in fifth grade thinking like, oh, I want to write a book one day. Cause I think that's something that as you're doing those kind of classes, when you're little, everybody's like, oh, it'd be so cool to write a book or illustrate a book or do something like that. You grow up, you kind of forget about those dreams and you're like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do it. And so then when it kind of comes to fruition and you're able to do it, you're like, wow, I just wrote a book. And when I started, I'm like, these are just for my kids. My kids will be able to save, and I said this before, but we'll be able to save for the rest of their life. I published a book. So I took my dream and kind of gave it to them. I don't know if that was really their dream, but now it is and they have it and they'll have it forever. But if I keep putting it out there and I keep promoting it and I keep pushing it, eventually it'll get caught on. And the market has so many children's authors. And so I'm not naive to the fact that like, they may never pick up and go be like a Harry Potter <laughs> type book, which I would love for them to be out there all right now. Like Little Blue Truck, that's the series that I'm reading with my toddler over and over and over because that's the one he wants. But I'm like, if there's that like, you know, five kids that want to read Marty over and over and over again, and that becomes their favorite book, then that means that I did my goal, right? I, I got out there and I made it that book for somebody. And so that's kind of like, if I just can keep, push him on a little bit like somebody will pick it up somebody will read it and like even this past month as we're getting closer to the Halloween season I've seen like the Marty sales tick up a little bit and I see like just one or two posts that I do over the last couple of weeks and all of a sudden like everybody's like oh I like I want to go get Marty I didn't realize you had another book out and you know so like my, my husband has been really big on it too even though he makes fun of me for my for being on social media He's been sharing my post too. And he goes, oh, you got to make sure you share it to this page and this page so that it gets seen more. He's like, because if you just do it to your author page, they might not see it. And so it's just funny to get, you know, other people's perspective mm -hmm. and try to like encourage my friends and family where I don't like to ask people to go and share my posts, but I'm like, sometimes it's not for me. Like if I'm asking them to share Candy Town and Giant Town, those are for the boys and people are so happy to do things for like the kids. And so I'm like, Hey, can you just share that post one extra time? And it's just amazing the traffic that you see come through just from 
you know, people reaching out and helping out by sharing a post or two. So it's been fun to kind of see it grow. Well, and we love part of the author journey, right? Which is why I created the podcast in the first place is that everybody has a different set of goals when they pursue publishing. Some people have it as a special family memory. Some people are aspiring, right? Bestsellers. Other people, honestly, it is just for themselves. So there's so much variety as to why people publish, but you have been intentional and consistent, whether you want to, or at this point, your kids would never forgive you if you didn't, (laughs) but you have this commitment to do it. And as you tell your story, right, it's clear that this is a whole family experience that will certainly be a memorable one for them. And as you know, like, plants the seed for something else in the future that they may not have thought was possible, except for watching you do this and as a family do it together. For sure. I I mean, most of my life at this point is all for them. And so I'm like, if there's just something that can help build their confidence or give them something that they can kind of hold on to and cherish, that means more to me than anything else. I mean, yes, it'd be great to, to sell all these books and to make back what I put into them. But I really, and I joke about it all the time, but that's, it's really not that for me. It really is like to give them something that they can hold on to and that they always have and that they can be proud of that it was their vision that got put down on the, those pages. And it was something that we did together, right? That was something with me and them. And they each have their own individual one. And then we have the ones that, you know, the Marty series, which is for them. You know, they might not have, they gave me the ideas, obviously, like it's, you know, it's something that I'm like, oh, I know that they would love this. Like, I know that these are the, the parts of it that they would really enjoy. So that's where some of the ideas come from. And when I have so many kids, I get lots of different ideas for things that they'll love. So it makes it easier to write for me because I constantly have little ideas coming at me. So speaking of, it seems like a great segue for our listeners to be able to listen to you read Marty the Ghost. That way, if they either don't have the book yet, or maybe they have the activity book, but they could listen to you read the book, or they can be inspired to hear how you tell the story. So that way you could be invited to classrooms or homeschool activities. It would be great if you are ready to read Marty the Ghost to us. Yes, I would love to. You're invited to my spooktacular Halloween party. We will enjoy lots of treats and a few good tricks. Don't forget your dancing shoes and your best Halloween costume. Marty's Halloween party at Marty's house, 123 Bull Road in Cincinnati, Ohio, 45678, October 31st, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Marty is the ghost on the ceiling. He arrives every year. He gives lots of treats with lots of good cheer. He likes to be spooky, but he's also very kind. Handing out silly tricks using his clever mind. He has lots of ghoulish friends who like to visit him. He takes roll call as they arrive by counting to 10. One is vibrant vampire, handing out blood oranges with speed. Two is playful pumpkin, scattering her seeds. Three is wacky witch, riding on a broom. Four is charming cat, strutting in the room. Five is fabulous Frankenstein, sporting his new scar. 
Sixth is Philly Skeleton, shaking his bones from afar. Seven is Spiky Spider. She is tapping in with style. Eight is Majestic Monster. We saw from miles and miles. Nine is Woozy Werewolf, sneaking in under the moon. Ten is Manicured Mummy, holding on to a balloon. All the friends have arrived and just in time for the party. Screaming Happy Halloween to their good friend, Marty. you for reading that with us. And just as we wrap up our conversation, if there are any parents who are listening to our episode who are aspiring to write a book with their child, how would you encourage them to get started? So take their ideas and run with them. Nothing is too silly. I just, I often think about some of the words that made my, <laughs> made my kids giggle. And in one of the books, the giants are tooting. <laughs> and every time I read that line in the book, every kid in front of me cracks up and they can't believe a grown-up just said that. And so nothing is off the table when it comes to like letting their imaginations just fly. And then finding someone who is able to illustrate them because the illustrations just make this these books come, up, come alive. And having my personal connection with Justin, just seeing how he was able to like take every little thing that I wanted and then make it a little bit better. So I'm like, it's just, it's never too late to start writing and your kids are going to love it regardless of, you know, if it gets published or not, just having that time with them to be able to write it. And even if you can't find a publisher that'll publish it, just get it printed for them. It's a great tip because sometimes, right, we think that we have to see, right, what's on the internet and it has to look exactly like that in order to be a meaningful experience. And so I love you being able to say, right, just get started. Maybe it's on scrap paper, maybe it's in a notebook, um, maybe you have to do your own illustrations to begin the journey, but go ahead, start having the conversations with your kiddos and it, as you also said, there should be no funny scenes off limits because it can be surprising as to what may seem sort of ridiculous to us that's actually the meaningful hook for kids themselves. For sure. Keep kids reading. That's what I always say. That's kind of my tagline since I've um, started doing this, especially on social media. Keep kids reading because it's so important. And when you have kids that kind of struggle with that, when they have their own book, just it, it lets them open their imagination to, to everything. Well, thank you for joining us today. And if people were to find you, can you recite the names of your books again? I know they're all available on Amazon and then where people find you on the internet. So Candy Town is by Parker and myself. Giant Town, a Candy Town sequel is with Mason and myself. And then I have Marty the Ghost on the Ceiling and Halloween Activity Book with Marty the Ghost on the Ceiling. And like you said, they're all on Amazon. There's some other websites, Barnes and Noble, that you can find them on as well. And I have all kinds of social media. It's Melanie J. Willis author for the most part. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I'm on all of them. And then I can also be reached at Melanie J. Willis author at gmail.com if anybody would like to reach out. Well, thank you again. And before we even started this episode, I alluded that there's many things that we could talk about. So hopefully at some point we'll have you back and we'll talk even more about 
maybe where the author journey takes you, as well as how the activity books may have ramped up either sales or the experience after the Halloween season. So we'll make sure to post this episode before Halloween as well. So that way we can get your activities and your books in the hands of more families as this season approaches. Okay, friend, are you ready to share one piece of content you've been holding back on? Trust your instincts and press publish. If this episode sparked curiosity in your publishing journey, head over to thehabitizedlife.com for more resources. Or check out the after show with our guests on Instagram at habitizedlife. All the links mentioned today are in our show notes. And hey, I'm off to reheat my cup of coffee for the second time today, but I'll meet you back here next week with a fresh cup and a new episode.